Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of The Mountains We Climb. In each episode, we'll be diving into the mind of someone who has overcome significant challenge and adversity in their life so that we as the listener can see what is really possible and what it really takes. I'm your host, Jordan Kilpatrick-Smith, and today we're going to be exploring the journey of Gabe Bronner, who went from dealing with chronic GI pain, fatigue, and mental health issues to finally finding health and balance. Just as a reminder, each episode is done live, so if you'd like to join us and ask your own questions and be a part of our discussion, you can do so on YouTube and Facebook. Gabe, thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks for having me. So where does where does your story start? Sure. Um, so I like to think it starts when I'm about 15, 16. Um, I'm in school. Basically, it wasn't going too well academically. Um, this is kind of where I see the focal point of where everything just kind of starts rolling in a negative way, bad and negative way, and kind of one thing after the next. Um, I was kind of diagnosed, quote unquote, with ADD, ADHD when I was nine, 10. Um, I think that's a lot of kids are diagnosed this, you know, this thing. Um, it's a very generalized kind of diagnosis, um, encompasses a bunch of things. I basically couldn't sit still, raising my hand a bunch, running around. You know, I was, a, in my opinion, a normal kid with a lot of energy. Right. Yeah. Um, so basically uh i went to my physician and he said you you know I mean, my grades weren't going great you know i was what 14 15 people were thinking about college um the weight of college you know in the united states i know you're in canada maybe the system's a little different but in the united states uh there's a lot of pressure to perform and to you know go to college and a good college at that a lot of co competition out there um and so i saw my friends looking at these schools that i wasn't going to get into, right, given my grades. And so I basically went to my physician and said, what can I do? And he prescribed me uh, amphetamine salts, Adderall, essentially. Right. Very powerful stuff. Um, so, yeah, so basically that's, <laughs> in my opinion, when things kind of went downhill. Um, so I started taking these this medication uh, prescribed by a doctor. Um, amphetamine salts it's adderall but it says amphetamine salts on the bottle i just remember it so vividly yeah <laughs> what a creepy thing to say on the bottle right um and you know i'm a 14 15 year old and and listen everyone's body is different right uh, everyone's brain chemistry is different um some people take them they're okay right some people take them you know it's helped some people i, I believe i'm not here to say that it hasn't helped people um i'm very sensitive to uppers it turns out even caffeine even nicotine any kind of stimulants very, very sensitive. Um, so throw like a serious, serious stimulant in there. And it's like, oof. so basically I started taking this stuff and it was just kind of a mess. Um, and I was very, very anxious, very, very anxious. And that's when kind of the GI symptoms started occurring, the, the stomach stuff. Yeah. So yeah. what, what was it like? What was your first experience with Adderall? Like, did you, did you have any preconceived notions about what it was before you took it? Or was it like, oh, a doctor gave me this pill, I guess I'll, I'll take it. So great question. So I did see some success from my friends who were taking it. Um, and also I, my first experience basically was when I took it, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing type thing. Yeah, In what and, way? So I, I, it just, I just, I felt good <laughs> okay. and I was performing very well academically. Um, very, very well. My grades went from, 
you know, C's on average to, to really A's and school became very, very easy for me. Um, but everything else kind of deteriorated um, emotionally and socially in a sense. So, and so yeah. is it true that Adderall just, you know, it makes you really focused with, and so like, was that what it did? It just made you focused and then school became easier? So, yeah, it seemed so. Um, you know, I remember actually what I was prescribed was, was dextroamphetamine specifically, um, which are, you know, very, very powerful things. I, I mean, just like I remember taking them feeling high, feeling good, feeling like really good. Um, and yeah, and I, I essentially felt extremely stimulated and very, very focused. Um, but everything else kind of fell apart. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was becoming isolated socially, emotionally. I was so anxious that I was numb almost. Mm. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, uh, feel free to jump in at any time. Um, but I, you know, remember basically it went well for six months, right? Six months to a year. My, so 10th grade, it was a 10th grade, I believe I did really well academically. Um, and, then I just like, you know, even after taking the medication year two, uh, my grades started going down, actually, again. Um, so because everything was just a mess in my life, uh, socially, I was isolated from my friends, I was getting in fights for a weird reason. I don't know why. I was angry, I was quiet, you know, I was not myself um, at all. And I felt this, I felt like I wasn't myself. And I was confused. And I think my family was confused and my friends were confused as well. But I think my family chalked it up to adolescence, yeah. as as they do, right? Um, so I actually, yeah, I, you know, I ended up moving schools actually to a private school. Um, I the, the truth is, I moved. Be I wanted to move because the social situation wasn't good for me anymore. Um, there was it was an there was an issue with my friends in high school, I and mean, there's a large group of friends and this, this whole thing. Um, and my parents thought I wanted to move schools because I wanted to better my future, right? So there's, I kind of masked it in this uh, explanation that I wanted to move schools because I, you know, wanted to get into a better college and go to a right. private, a private boarding school because of, that can tend to help, um, you know, college-wise. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that's when the GI stuff really started, actually. Um, yeah, that's when it really kind of kicked off. Um, when you I, switched schools? Just when the, just when the stimulants started happening. Yeah, right. the, the school switching definitely, it was my first time that I actually went to the ER when I went to that school, um, the, 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 the private school, private boarding school. Um, even though it was 20 minutes away, they wanted me to board because they got more money out of it, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to capitalism. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Welcome to America. But yeah, so... Basically, um, yeah, I ended up going to the emergency room for like stomach stuff and I was super skinny and it was like, I was a mess, can, <laughs> basically. Can you yeah. tell me like, like what stomach stuff, like more specifically, like pain, it was a diarrhea, it was a bloating, was it, what were you experiencing? Sure, yeah, it was, I, I, it was pain, it was nausea, um, it was just a really, really tight stomach. I just wasn't eating. Um, but yeah, just nausea, um, just kind of throwing up and couldn't stop throwing up, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was a lot of, you know, psychosomatic stuff. 
Um, my theory, my theory has always been that my that my, the Adderall use, the use of the amphetamines and the, mm-hmm. you know those stimulants, uh, kind of brought out uh, this celiacness in me because I was my body was under so much stress. Right. Um, that's my theory. Right. There's obviously an unconfirmed thing, um, but it's just it, it all kind of happened at the same time, and that was just under you know your body's under so much stress. What I've read and what I've heard and learned about a little bit is that you know environment can bring out various you know genetic you know autoimmune issues for various people under you know copious amounts of stress right so yeah um yeah so that's when everything kind of really kicked off yeah yeah and i I want to come back to that uh near near closer to the end and talk about like what is celiac and and how do we understand it but Okay, so so you went to the ER, you gone to this boarding school, you're on amphetamines, you go to the ER, you're you're the skinny kid, and what happens there? Yeah, so you know, not a big deal. I mean, not a big deal to. It wasn't like I. They thought it was some. They mostly thought it was anxiety, right? Um, So what happened was I was seeing a psychiatrist for the stimulants and basically telling him I'm depressed, I'm isolated, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, right? And he just gives me another medication, Paxil, I remember it was. I think it was Paxil, which is an anti-anxiety medication. And I think this is a very common occurrence that occurs with adolescents especially. Um, and this kind of medication vicious cycle that they'll get into, right? Give one medication for one symptom, mask it with another medication. I don't know how prevalent it is now. Uh, I'm sure it's still relatively prevalent. I do work at a psych hospital. I see a lot of a lot of medication, mm-hmm. a lot of medication. Um, and so I, you know, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I, that's essentially what happened. He gave me uh, Paxil and, and Xanax, I believe, you know, about those benzos. And it was just like, made me worse. <laughs> In what way? I was just more numb. It was just, you know, um, yeah. So it was like, I was numbingly anxious, but now like numbingly numb, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is like double numbed. Um, so it was it was a weird time, man. I was I was pretty disassociated, I would say. Um, and I knew internally that I'm, you know, not like this, right? Like I'm pretty outgoing dude, pretty happy guy, like to make friends, like to talk to people. So this kind of internal, you know, stir up that was going on. And I, I'm pretty sure that this, the symptoms of celiac were starting to occur as well. So I had all this stuff going on internally. It was just an like internal war, essentially, in my body and brain as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so. what was that like for you being you know, roughly 16? You're in high school. You're at this boarding school. There's all this pressure on you. And, like, you're just totally numbed from medication. Like, how do you, how do you socialize? How do you make friends? How do you focus on school? How did you... Yeah, man. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. You, you do your best um, to adjust, uh, you know, make a couple friends, you know, be as, you know, do, do, you know, play the cross. I, you know, tried to kind of keep myself structured in that sense. Um, but I was, I was a mess, honestly. Um, I was a little confused. I was, you know, um, not in a good place. And I was, I was seeking answers. I, you know, I was just like, what's going on here? You know? And I, and I think I was just too young to kind of understand that I was in this pickle kind of, um, and understand how I can get out of it. And you know, the way, the way you can get out of it, step one is stopping medication, um, at least, you know? 
um, the Adderall specifically, um, which I eventually did at age 18. But, you know, um, yeah, it was it was rough. I ended up, you know, being at that school for a year and then moving back to public school because I wasn't happy at that private school. And I knew it was costing, you know, um, lots of money. Uh, private school in the States is as expensive as colleges. So, wow. yeah, it was, you know, 45, 50 grand a year or something. And, you know, and we're not we're not rich by any means. You know, we're fine, but we're not. I think they took out loans. I mean, they, you know, they were doing their, my parents were super supportive and as much as they could be. Um, but they, you know, also were confused. Um, so yeah, and it wasn't, you know, I, I ended up going to the ER a couple more times as well, I believe for the same kind of symptoms. As a, yeah. And, yeah. and in the States, if you, so if you're on these medications and you're going to the ER, like each one of those is a lot of money, right? Like that's, you know, you don't. Well, just... yeah. I mean, I was, you know, thank we had insurance, right? My father's insurance. Gotcha. You worked for the New York Times at the time. Um, it was, We were okay. But absolutely, if you end up going in to the ER a bunch of times and you don't have insurance or, you know, you, you don't have good insurance, yeah, it's it can it's expensive. Um, it, the psychiatrist is expensive. Yeah, the medical stuff was was not free. <laughs> right. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, no question. No question. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean you know um basically i went back to public school um i went you know i, I was like this the private school thing isn't for me i want to go back to public school went back to public school uh so basically all my friends had graduated um they had graduated the year before because what happens it's kind of a weird thing if you're in uh, if you're in 10th grade in high school and you go to and you want to go to 11th grade at a boarding private school they ask you to repeat a year so I did 11th grade uh, twice. I did once at public school and then once at private school. Right. Um, and then so I did it twice. And then I went back and I only had, ha and then I had a half a year, essentially six months. I finished public school and yeah, it was just kind of a weird time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Things weren't going as planned. Um, and yeah, um, basically I ended up moving to Israel when I was 18. Um, my folks moved there. My mom's Israeli. My father's a journalist. Uh, they, my father got a, a job, um, you know, the big position for the, the, the paper there. And so mm -hmm. he took it. It was good, good for his career. My, my brother was in college. I decided to go to Israel as opposed to going to college because I knew that I wasn't going to end up at a good college. And I felt like this is going to be a waste of time, waste of money if I go college and spend, you know, 400 grand on college, you know? Yeah. Um, so I went to Israel. And um, I, you know, stopped the Adderall, but my stomach symptoms were still extremely present. Um, and I just which wasn't... was what? What were you? What were you experiencing? Totally, yeah. I was I was experiencing just basically just in pain. My stomach. I was in pain twenty four. My stomach was always hurting, right? So it was a constant, constant stomach ache, essentially. Um, and. I was, I was always feeling something in, in here, in my stomach. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I was very out of it, very fatigued. Um, not myself. Um, you know, uh, we can dive into the science of celiac. Um, but briefly, as far as I could tell, it was affecting my neurology. Um, you know, my personality, my neurology, my neurotransmitters, as you know, they would mm -hmm. say serotonin, dopamine, all these things, which are kind of, you know, make, according to 
you know, theories out there, 90% of our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have a, you have a crappy gut, it's just going to communicate to your brain, you know, that it's, you know, so yeah. So basically I I felt like, you know, if this was off, this was off, right? Yeah. Well, they, they're starting to realize it's kind of like a second brain, right? It's like its own, uh, system. Yeah. the, The gut health completely yeah okay yeah completely absolutely and so at at no point here was anyone like hey you know maybe it's something that you're eating that's causing all of this stomach issue it's a great question man yeah no um no i mean so you know i was in israel right so Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's the kind of holistic approach to things um i think is more of a recent thing i think it's more in the last kind of decade that people have kind of, you know, if you're having some kind of sickness, illness, something going, let's, let's think about your diet first. That's kind of, that's kind of, um, you know, the, the holistic approach that's kind of catching on now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, co- I was still completely in the Western medicine uh, box uh, when I was in Israel and no, I, it was mostly, and also because I was feeling so physiologically depressed, um, my, my complaints to doctors or you know anybody in the world it was i'm depressed right so it was oh you have depression or you know you right. have anxiety usually those are kind of bunched in too even though i was like i don't feel anxious because i don't i'm tired of, <laughs> i'm not anxious i'm just depressed i'm just tired i'm just depressed and out of it um and it was a very it was a very physiological sensation um i remember having arguments with you know a psychiatrist um who like was supposed to be this prominent, um, you know, psychiatrist who ran the uh, psych psych unit in Jerusalem, you know, Jerusalem hospital, a famous hospital in Jerusalem, I forgot what it's called. Um, but she was the head of the, you know, the department there and she was American. So it kind of worked out for me. My Hebrew wasn't amazing. Um, and we basically had these weird arguments about, you know, me talking about how my depression felt physical and chemical in nature and how she said you know no it's environmental right and so there was this weird kind of it was, a, it was kind of a strange back and forth and it wasn't just with her by the way it was with my folks it was with lots of you know figures of authority on on mental health i would um be adamant about the fact that this is a physiological sensation you know and i'm like i know myself right like I don't feel sad. I would say this specifically. I would say I don't feel sad. I feel depressed, like physically depressed. And, you know, I just remember thinking there's a distinction. Like you can you can be sad about it, uh, you know, an event or, you know, somebody dying or, you know, which is normal and human. Um, But nothing like that had happened to me. I had very good life, good parents, you know, not, you know, like nothing. I don't feel bad about myself, Mm. really. I just felt depressed and like just physically right yeah so it was yeah so it was just a very physical sensation yeah Yeah, and and is it correct like am i am i hearing you correctly that at no point did someone say hey you know what maybe we should listen to this guy about what his symptoms are it was always like no 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 i'm the professional i know what's going on and and you just listen to me totally yeah so that that's absolutely correct so nobody Nobody, nobody listened to me um, in that sense. Right. Uh, They didn't, you know, ask me, yeah, what are you eating? Uh, Maybe you're something's going on in there. 
um, it was usually try another medication or, you know, another SSRI or, you know, so another approach um, psychiatrically. Um, So, yeah, you would be absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, what, what was that like for you? Like you go in doctor after doctor after doctor and you're like, no, like, like, listen to me. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm telling you what's going on. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever. Here's here's another prescription. Like, what was that like for you? And you just start getting pill after pill after pill. Yeah, it was it was very, very frustrating. Um, I felt like a crazy person <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You know, the whole uh term gaslit in a sense you know Mm -hmm. obviously it's you know like maybe it's not the most appropriate kind of phrase to use in this context um but i i felt a little bit like a crazy person and and also i i I was feeling depressed so i was like you know i got i got it i mean you know i'm not i was also focused on the depression right because i thought maybe if i fix the depression everything else will kind of you know go away and i was kind of looking at it as a this this physiological thing the sickness that was occurring internally um (laughs) hello cat um (laughs) um so so yeah it was very it was very 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 frustrating um and i was i was pretty sick i I wasn't i wasn't doing great Mm -hmm. honestly so it was it was a mess yeah yeah and then what happened so yeah and then you know i was in israel um still not doing well fatigued out of it, not myself, numbed, um, disassociated. And I, you know, I was, I went to the military for 18 months thinking maybe external structure will help the internal structure. It didn't help. <laughs> um, so you're in the military, you're taking all these, these pills. You're, uh, you're, are you still numb at this point? Like, yeah, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just not, not happening for you. Just not happening for me. Yeah. And was this um, the American military or no, was this... this is the Israeli military. Okay. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it wasn't not an ideal place to be sick. And uh, this isn't any kind of military form. Um, but I was also, you know, on my vacation time, I ended up going to the hospital ER and they like, they, they gave me like, um, an epidural in the ER. It was like, it was gnarly. Um, like it was, cause I was really having, I was having this like stomach cause I was taking SSRIs and they made me nauseous to the point because there are serotonin receptors in our gut. And, you know, my experience with SSRIs is every time I take them, I get extremely, extremely nauseous to the point where it's like, I can't control it anymore and I have to lose it. Right. Um, and that's probably just a me thing. I'm sure other people have experienced nausea, but I'm, it turns out I'm very sensitive. My body chemistry is strange. Um, you know, everyone's different. Um, but, you know, yes, yeah, so I had these like whole, all these, these like what they would call panic attacks and I, I would just say i'm nauseous right and the nausea went away the panic went away like i so um basically what happened is so i did the military didn't you know did i think 15 months uh because i ended up going to the hospital so much they were like listen like I, you don't need to be here you know this is so I, I i had like a medical discharge or whatever um i was supposed to do a year and a half i did 14 or 15 months um so two or three months short of you know finishing my you know uh half service it's three years for men two years for women i was gonna do half that um and basically i was in israel and i decided to come back to the states i wanted to come back to the states i missed the states um people are a little more polite here there are more opportunities here 
Um, so basically, yeah, I came back um, and I went, you know, I went to a college for a couple semesters. Um, I was still a mess, by the way. And, and at this point, um, I'd actually started taking uh, Effexor, which is an SNRI, a serotonin neuropronephrine reuptake inhibitor. Um, and actually, I felt that it was helping me um, because it was like this, it was kind of this energy booster, the, the neuropronephrine aspect right. of it. Yeah. Um, but the way that I did it uh, was the way that I got on it, because I'm so sensitive, was I, I remember we took the capsules and we opened them and we counted each little ball because there's little little balls in each capsule. And I, I remember, you know, there may be, like, I don't know, 40, 50 little balls in each capsule. I, I took like one or two the first day, three, four the next day, right. five. So just got on so slowly that I was like, okay, I didn't have these like nausea attacks. Um, it was also on the highest dose. I think I was on 300 milligrams, which I don't believe you go any higher than that. Uh, I was still feeling horrible, but I was on this medication and I was, you know, this is, this is where I'm at right now. Um, but came back to the States um, and, you know, tried to do some school, didn't really work out. Um, ended up, you know, doing like a wilderness therapy program because it's, it's kind of a diagnostic thing, these wilderness therapy programs that are, you know, uh, direct, directed, you know, for adolescents. I was 22 at the time. Um, so it, I was actually an experimental first adult group for this wilderness therapy program. Um, did it help? No. <laughs> they thought I was bipolar. Um, I don't believe I'm bipolar. Um, you know, they, so yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I was on medication. I was on, you know, Effexor. I was, um, you know, back in New York. Um, things were a little calmer. Um, obviously, I'd stopped taking the Adderall. I stopped it at 18. That was, I remember, like, that was a good thing. And by the way, I thought a lot of this stuff was due to the Adderall, right? I thought, like, all this stuff was, like, you know, neurological damage that occurred from all the amphetamines that I'd taken. Right. Um, yeah, so that was, a, that was a, you know, a scare of mine and no health care practitioner could confirm that that was a thing right mm -hmm. it's not really something that occurs um and so yeah basically i was in new i moved to new york city with my folks and i was 24 23 24 at the time i moved to the east village um with a buddy from high school um actually started picking up uh, marijuana again um, for, you know, just helping with the nausea and the anxiety. And it was just a form of self-medication. And I was using it very, very heavily. And it was like hugely illegal at this point still, right? Hugely is kind of an... Not uh, true? Okay. No, I mean, it's, it was illegal. Um, it's still illegal in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, but in New York City, it was pretty easy to get. And it was, uh, I, I think that it wasn't a big deal i think that right. if you were caught smoking a joint or caught with some weed nypd has better things to do um so it, it is what is it a class one or is it class or schedule uh, one schedule one thank you schedule mm -hmm. one you know narcotic which is insane yeah um in the states federally right obviously state it, it varies but yeah in new york it, it is illegal still um and it, it was maybe decriminalized at some point but yeah it, it was when I was doing it, I was 22, 23. Yeah, it was it was totally technically illegal, and I was getting my marijuana illegally. Um, but there so was like a yeah. Go on. The reason I ask is yeah. So you know you were doing it to help with the anxiety. Did yeah. Did it not 
did that increase the anxiety for you at all? It didn't really because okay. culturally, yeah, it, it, my my roommates were smoking. You know, it was it was a thing that people do. Yeah, it was pretty uh, it chill. Was, exactly, yeah, it's okay. chill. Exactly, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it wasn't like you know a, a, a serious drug that I was concerned about um, in that sense, like breaking the law in that sense. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good question. Um, but no, I did. I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't care less about that. I wasn't really worried. I wasn't dealing yeah. it or. Anything. And did it help you? So you know, I felt like. It was helping me, right? Um, I felt like it was relieving my nausea, um, and so I was basically using it uh, to keep the nausea at bay. And so the way that I was using it was every few hours, right? Like every, so just like just to completely keep the nausea at bay. And if I felt once the high started going away, I used again um, for the nausea. And so I was kind of you know, hooked on weed, you know, and, but in my opinion, I was, this is, this is my savior. This is my medicine. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Um, so I felt like it was helping me. I mean, it may have been helping me, um, deal with life, deal with, you know, circumstances, physical pain, maybe it was making me a little, a little higher functioning potentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it may have, but I will say that, you know, when the high kind of wore off for me, I would get even more nauseous. So it was like this kind of, um, you know, hole that I was in almost yeah. um, of, of self-medicating and, and marijuana is pretty strong nowadays. Um, it's even probably stronger nowadays than it was, you know, what was it, eight years ago, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, 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 I would say maybe it was, it helped. Um you know yeah but maybe. it wasn't like a clear cut you know this helps me and now everything is solved correct it was not a clear cut this hell it was it was not a magical it was not no um i i was under the impression that it kind of was because i was so i was clinging to it with dear life in a sense mm -hmm. um because i was in so much physical not nauseous pain and it was it was helping me in the moment yeah. um long term what it was doing to me um probably not something good but that's that's a me personal thing um other people are less reactive to these kinds of substances um i've learned that you know for me not taking substances period um is kind of the route that i need to go right um you know i i will have a drink here and there no question um you know but i i like even like coffee, like I can't drink coffee. Like I only drink coffee if I need, if I like haven't slept and I'm at work and mm -hmm. like I need something like, and, I, and it's like four sips. And then, you know, I don't do it two days in a row. Like I'm sensitive, mm -hmm. like my body's super sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. so at this point you had been struggling with this psychological and physical uh, torment for 30% of your life. You know, if you're yeah. 21, you've been dealing with it for seven years. Or say you're 23 been dealing with yeah. for seven years mm -hmm. that's that's a long time and yeah. that's a lot yeah. of the the memory portion of your life totally if we're totally not including mental. let's say the first five years totally well, so what changed what what happened and where were you in life when you started to really figure out oh you know i don't have this <laughs> psychological sure. condition sure yeah so Basically, I was living in the city, New York City, and I wasn't feeling well. I was like catering, um, and I had heard about 
a doctor who takes a holistic approach to things. Um, God, what is his name? Um, he actually passed away some years ago from some surgery complications. But he does, there is still a clinic in the city. But, you know, this is a model that I think a lot of physicians have taken up. I think it's actually kind of the cool thing. Cool is kind of a weird word, but kind of the trendy thing to do um, now is approach medicine in a holistic manner. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, even though it's, you know, whatever's trendy is a little annoying, but it's, I think it actually is, can be very effective. Um, so I went to him with chronic pain, chronic fatigue, those complaints, um, stomach pain, fatigue, uh, depression. And he was like, all right, first thing we have to do is see what you're eating, right? Um, let's look at your diet. And, and basically took some blood work from me, I think. Um, I went to go see him again after the, for the blood results and, you know, it wasn't one of these clear cut things with celiac where you go, you get a endoscopy, they take a biopsy, um, and they, you know, they analyze it. It wasn't one of those. It was, a, I'm, I'm seeing some antibodies reacting to gluten in your blood. Stop the gluten, stop dairy. Um, we're going to get you off this effector, off the medication and, you know, let's hop to it. Right. Um, I... Like, so, oh. so, sorry when yeah when you heard like no more yeah. gluten no more dairy yeah those are like big staples in the western diet oh yeah so oh yeah how did you what did you think about that you know i wasn't feeling well so anything that would help i was <laughs> right like, you know 10 hundred percent uh ten thousand you know let's let's go whatever whatever we can do but you're absolutely right that a lot of people, when they hear stop eating gluten, stop eating dairy, it's tough. It's tough for them. Um, and it's not just uh, a diet change. You know, it can affect your social life. It can affect, you know, lots of things um, because it, you can't really, you can't just go out and have a burger or have pizza anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so no question. But I personally was like, I will do whatever it takes. And I actually remember um, eating a bagel that morning of getting the blood results and being like, you know what? Like, I, th I, th I get it. Like I'm, f I feel it. Cause I had a, I had my last bagel, um, you know, like a New York bagel, everything bagel with like, you know, cream cheese and lox, which mm -hmm. sounds delicious for most of the world, which is terrifying for me, um, <laughs> at this point. Um, and I remember feeling like, Oh God, like, you know what? Like, I feel it like I, there is something that's like messing with my head and my body. And so I remember that like kind of distinctly. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was tough news. It was, um, but I, you know, it's not cancer. It's not um, Crohn's disease. Right. I mean, I was worried I had Crohn's. I was worried, you know, I mean, there was a time where I was so concerned with my body. I was like, do I have HIV? I mean, like, it's not even, I've been, like, I was really, like, scared. Yeah. Um, so if it's a simple diet change, which maybe isn't that so, so simple, but I was okay with it. You know, right. I, I was like, let's do it. Whatever, whatever you can do, you know, type thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gave it up? So I gave it up. I gave it up. I, you know, I did my research. Uh, there was, it was a learning curve. No question. I didn't know that, you know, soy, soy sauce is 70, 60% gluten, you know, um, you know, spirits, uh, you know, alcohol, most of, you know, lots of alcohols are, you know, distilled from, you know, uh, rye or barley. Um, so, so gluten, as far as I know, is wheat, rye and barley. Um, but, you know, what the gluten protein is exactly. It's been a minute since I've kind of researched it, but it's, it's not only wheat, right? It's also mm -hmm. rye, it's also barley. Um, and so 
yeah, so, you know, I had to, you know, no more whiskey, no more, not that I drink whiskey or I'm not really, you know, bourbon, but, you know, it's, you know, in New York City, you're going out, bars. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of changes, even though at that point, honestly, I wasn't even drinking alcohol because my stomach was so messed up anyway, or it wasn't really doing an alcohol thing. Um, but it's a complete, yeah, it's a complete, it's a big change. It's a big, big change. Um, no question. And especially the dairy thing too. I don't need dairy either. So, you mm-hmm. know, no, none of that stuff either. Um, yeah, I did my research, you know, you learn to look at labels, um, yep. you know, be really intense about that stuff. Um, I, I learned I'm so sensitive to cross-contamination as well. You know, if it's even produced in a facility that has gluten, I can have a reaction. Right. Um, you know, and I also, yeah. And I learned that it's an autoimmune thing. It's not an allergy. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. So, so for for anyone who I, I think I I often don't like throwing my own thoughts in into these uh, episodes, but I think this is a really important point to make. Where I can't speak for the rest of the world, but in North America, read what you're eating, people. <laughs> like it's crazy how we don't know what we're putting into our body. We just yeah. eat stuff. We're like, yeah, it's food, I guess. Sure. Oh yeah. But just like what you said, there's this learning curve. I have to start to realize what is it that I'm actually consuming. Totally. Right. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. how long did it take for you to start to see improvement? Yeah. So, you know, I, not long. I mean, it it's it definitely wasn't overnight and it's it's taken years and i'm still on the journey um but you know the big thing for me was the chronic pain kind of subsided um that was the big thing for me i still felt out of it a little tired a little out of it but i remember it was kind of like it was kind of like i was high on something my bot like high is kind of weird weird way to describe it my body was like on something on like a foreign substance and that weight kind of lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt weighed down by this thing. And I think my auto, my immune system was on overdrive. I think it was just like, you know, really inflamed and uh, just working real hard. And, um, you know, when I cut out the gluten and the dairy, the dairy is less, you know, less intense than the gluten. The gluten is the real kind of culprit. Um, you know, I had one doctor describe it to me as a neurotoxin. Um, which I found really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd end up going to all these doctors doing various, various types of therapies to, to help me, um, which I'm happy to get into as well. Um, but it wasn't overnight. It, absolutely not. And my body was still like, okay, all right, now you got the crap out. Now let's, we got to think about how, you know, we can balance back out. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening and doesn't understand what celiac is, like they're listening, they're like, okay so you know his body's reacting he's got stomach aches he's some nervous system stuff's going on can you describe to us what what is celiac sure so not a scientist but i did a lot of reading um so as far as i know celiac disease is an autoimmune you know disorder uh, i guess um disease which means what which means that, so essentially, when you have celiac and when you consume gluten, when you consume these proteins, rye, barley, wheat, your autoimmune system, your immune system 
it, it basically it's like these it's like your body's being attacked by the gluten so it, it's like it looks at gluten and ryan it looks at gluten as an enemy as uh you know this this kind of foreign thing that doesn't belong here and your immune system kind of you know shuts uh you know turns on um so apparently uh, you know from what i've read and from what i've talked to some people it's different for everybody right so as far as i can tell allergies have to do with histamine um mm -hmm. you know if you're allergic to knots or allergic to and it's an allergy um you know you can go anaphylactic shock or you can get hives or you know it's one of those it's histamine related again i'm not a doctor um or a scientist although that would be very cool um <laughs> so everybody so what i read i remember reading that people there are over what is it 200 symptoms of celiac disease i mean something remarkable um so everybody reacts differently to, to having celiac everybody's body reacts differently to having mm -hmm. celiac disease um some people don't really react that horribly to it uh physically but their body is still um reacting really negatively and as what i remember from what I know, there are these little things in the gut. I think it's the lower intestine called villi. Mm -hmm. um, these little hairs that essentially absorb nutrients. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you have celiac and when you're eating gluten, the, those little hairs that are absorbing all those vitamins and nutrients flatten out. So mm -hmm. you're not absorbing those things the way that other people are. Yeah. So yeah. for people who are listening, the importance of the villi cannot be understated they are incredibly 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 important so imagine if instead of just taking the surface area of a football field you also took the the surface area of every blade of grass dramatically increases it and so in this in uh celiac if they're flattening out what's happening is you're dramatically reducing the surface area that you can absorb stuff yeah. and it makes sense why you're in so much pain because if your body and the immune system is like let me just destroy this <laughs> this part of your body totally that yeah. doesn't feel very nice yeah right yeah yeah oh god yeah absolutely no question mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah so i uh, yeah on top of everything I, I also felt like i wasn't absorbing things you know adequately mm -hmm. um so yeah um yeah so that's that's as far as i can tell that's my understanding i see like my symptoms personally were very internally uh gi pain and the neurological thing is just terrifying for me and one one of the thing that scares me to death about this thing that i have is that that's why i'm you know if you my friend who hang out with me or you know uh you know we go on a date or something i'm annoying because i'm so annoying about gluten because i'm so traumatized from it i'm so terrified of it because yeah. even if i get a little bit i it it messes with my personality it messes with my perspective my neurology like my mood it's like a really scary thing um i don't know what other word to you know so i uh, you know so that's why i'm like you know i need you to wash your hands and i don't want to go through if there's bread i'm like going that way like <laughs> yeah just keep me away from that get me away mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly um, and so yeah. what was it like for you how long did it take for your symptoms to basically clear up sure so you know uh let's see you know i think 
I mean, I, you know, the thing is, I remember after, like, after like a year, um, my, I was not really in any pain physically anymore. I was still out of it, fatigued, things like that. But I, my, my stomach really wasn't hurting anymore. Um, but what you know, was this that after, like? It, sorry, it sorry to jump in. Like no, that. you're fine. You're fine. So it was, it was great. I mean, you know, my functioning kind of increased a little bit. I was able to do things. Um, you know, I, I, for most of my life, I wasn't able to go to a restaurant. I mean, even if it's gluten free, I mean, I, I couldn't really sit there. Um, you, you sound very nonchalant about this. I just went through eight years, seven, eight years of just like pain constantly. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was it was great. I mean, the, the reason why I'm not like, you know, because it wasn't so cut and dry. It wasn't kind of a, yeah. an overnight thing. You know, again, I'm, I'm 30. You know, I was diagnosed when I was 25. I think it was summer when I was 24 going to when I was 25. It's only been five or six years. And I'm, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm not a thousand percent, right? So I'm still fighting, you know, I'm still kind of doing what I have to do to feel balanced um, internally. I'm so much better and that's due to, you know, lots of things that I'm happy, the weird various therapies that I've experienced. I don't know, they may have tweaked me in certain ways, you know, alternative things that aren't conventional, you know, Western stuff that I'm happy to share, obviously. Um, yeah. But it's 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 been a journey for me personally. You know, I don't know what other, if there, I'm sure there are people out there who, you know, have celiac stop eating gluten and things get better kind of immensely immediately within six mm -hmm. months to a year. Um, that wasn't the case with me, right? I was still right. looking for answers. Um, even after the pain was subsided, I was still, you know, smoking copious amounts of marijuana, um, you know, still had other issues. You know, my body was recovering essentially. Yeah. yeah still Can is, you yeah. tell me about some of those therapies that you tried? Sure. No question. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a whole world out there of alternative therapies, um, you know, uh, some effective, some not probably. Um, but, you know, we, my folks are, you know, God bless them, poured thousands of dollars into helping me, you know, whatever they could do to help me. Um, I remember, so I went to a doctor, I was getting uh, intravenous uh, vitamins and nutrients once every two weeks. Um, I believe it was, oof, what was it called? A Oof, it's not coming to me. It's something, uh, Myers, Myers, cock, Myers cocktail or something like that. Okay. Something like that. Um, and it's basically an, an infusion. You go, you sit, you know, with, uh, you know, it's a needle, you know, you're, it's an infusion. You mm -hmm. sit with a bag of, you know, a combination of like vitamin C, zinc, a bunch of things. I don't remember exactly. Um, and I got that once every two weeks and, you know, it was like, oh, 500 bucks a pop or 400 bucks a pop mm -hmm. or something like that and it was you know on some fancy clinic on the upper east side on madison avenue uh you know with this doctor um but i you know i i think it helped i think that i was so depleted and my body was so like not taking in nutrients in the right way orally and i think it was still i was still not doing well that i think the infusions were helping i was it was giving me um some energy um helping my cognition um you know i, I for most of the time, I was very my my big my big complaint was was chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. My big complaint was just kind of feeling out of it. Um, so I was taking you know I was doing that. I was taking supplements. You know all these like uh, various things. These adrenal support supplements. You mm -hmm. know I don't know how effective they are long term. I don't know how bad they can be for you. Um, but I, you know I was like my 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 are my adrenals like you know pooped out or you know what's going on here um so i did that for a minute um stopped that um 
what else did I do? Uh, at some point, I did uh, TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, Based on the word, it sounds like around the head, you're using magnets, you're stimulating the brain, something like that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, something like that. Totally. Um, it's this technology that's been around since the 70s, 80s, um, but they've kind of refined it. Um, and they use it mostly now they use it, you know, the one that I did for depression um, and anxiety um, and, you know, also not free. Um, I remember mm -hmm. that helping me a bit as well. Um, I do remember it kind of overstimulating me almost in a sense, honestly. Um, but I was, you know, doing whatever I can. So I did that a little bit um, at, you know, a psychiatrist's office that, you know, he, he claims that TMS is the, the best thing since sliced bread. And honestly, it, it, it may be very effective. Um, and I don't know how, what it did internally to my, to my brain. It, it may have uh, helped shift something in a positive way. Um, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like, you know, kind of a magical solution for me. Right. Um, no question. Um, another thing that I did, you know, feel free to jump in at any point, um, is, uh, so, uh, is this thing called neurofeedback, which I, I think, um, actually helped me immensely. Um, so it was, there's a whole slew of neurofeedback things out there, I believe. There's even ones that you can take home with you, kind of a one size fits all. Um, that I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd not recommend it, but that's, that's not what helped me. Um, I actually met a neurologist slash psychiatrist. Um, he's this Pakistani man. He, I was, so, you know, okay, I, I've had, I've been, I've been going to the emergency room for GI stuff, you know, last year, the year before that. The year before like it wasn't my journey wasn't over like i was right. still having lots of stomach stuff um uh you know lots of stomach stuff and um I, it wasn't gluten related right it was uh psychosomatic related uh in my opinion um at this point now i'm realizing that it was largely marijuana related actually mm -hmm. um yeah weirdly enough i was a you know a chronic marijuana user um and i thought that it was helping my nausea um, and maybe the TMS also tweaked something, maybe a little kind of my body a little bit, I would use even the word overstimulated in a sense and made me nauseous, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, so, but I was using marijuana very, very heavily. And essentially what happened was I ended up in the emergency room here in my local town, uh, in Westchester, uh, New York. Um, and he was on call. He was the, the emergency room psychiatrist on call. I guess sometimes they have a psychiatrist on call for at the ER for, for psych issues. Um, and he looked at me and he gave me his opinion about what's going on. And he has a little clinic uh, in Bronxville. And I went to him and he does this like EEG scan on me with like, you know, the most modern technology in this chair. He does an EEG scan. And he which looks is where they scan your brain, right? Correct. Yeah. Which is where they scan your brain. Um, I don't know how in-depth it is, but it seemed pretty in-depth, some 3D stuff going on, you know, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty neat, um, you know, basically told me, uh, you need to stop using marijuana immediately, or you're gonna mess yourself up, um, mm. so I didn't fully listen to him, because I, you know, was stuck in my ways, um, but I kept using, and because he told me there was something specifically in my brain, um, it wasn't an 
everyone's brain. He's like, I don't have anything morally against cannabis. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't say this to everybody uh, if I didn't think this was. So basically what he told me was with my brain specifically, um, when I use marijuana, it slows down a certain part of my brain. And then when the marijuana wears off, it, there's kind of this rebound effect. Right. Um, yeah. And so that is affecting my nausea, essentially. Mm. It's, it, that, it's Everything's coming out in the stomach. Um, so he does a combination of neurofeedback and TMS. Um, but I think, you know, my, again, my opinion uh, internally is that the neurofeedback shifted something remote, you know, immensely, something to do with brainwaves, alpha, beta, things like that. I don't can know. you tell us what neurofeedback is? I can try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a technology. I think it's a technology essentially that, uh basically operates on uh our like alpha beta all these waves that we have uh in our brain um that you know um i guess you know have profound effects on our mood you know things like that but i don't you know the truth is i don't really know in depth i'm still like i, I have tried to read about it um but i'm not I, you know, I, w I don't think I could do it justice. I, mm -hmm. You know, he tried to explain it to me. There are a lot of technical terms involved. Um, and it was kind of tough for me to wrap my head around it. At the time, I was just so kind of, you know, you know, wrapped up in, in myself and just wanting to get better um, that I, I kind of was just like, you know, whatever helps. And um, it seemed to have really shifted something um, in a very positive way for me, um, calming down certain parts of my brain and, and you know, you know, not calming other, you know, stimulating other parts. Um, and I sat in this chair and, you know, we kind of you know, put on, he put on music and it's, it, it was, it's painless. Uh, you know, it's, so I feel like that may have helped me. Um, so I just did a quick little Google search here. Sure. Yeah. I'm just, you know, in kinesiology, we did a, a lot of different things that had to do with the body so yeah. this is my interpretation of a quick google search of what i've seen here yeah. you put this thing on your head it maps your brain waves it's connected to a computer your brain activity does something to the computer and what you learn is how to how your thoughts impact the computer is that right and then you you start to kind of train your brain how to sure yeah i mean that that sounds right it was <laughs> cool <laughs> no i mean totally i mean it sounds right because i maybe yeah i you know i'm again yeah I, i'm still not a thousand percent sure learning i mean i remember there was some beeping involved yeah i mean totally sure. uh <laughs> and what would you say like the the strangest therapy you tried was the strangest therapy i tried um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Strange. I mean, you know, I went to a maybe the the most ineffective, at least for me. Sure. Is what I realized um, is I went to like a neuropath or something like a, like a neuro like a not a neuropath like a like a nature. I forgot what they're called. A uh, naturopath. A naturopath, something like that. Yeah, an ND. So naturopath. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and. Lots of supplements, lots of um, things of that nature, which kind of helped symptoms, symptomat like how my symptoms, like short term, 
um, but weren't really kind of doing it for me long term. And I was constantly popping, you know, pills and yeah. taking powders and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, not to knock any kind of, you know, holistic, that not to knock that approach at all. It just that seemed to be the, the most ineffective for me. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. and where, where has this left you now? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I stopped, you know, marijuana use, um, you know, I'm feeling better. Um, I'm feeling good. Um, it's left me, I'm in a much, much different place than I was, um, you know, even two years ago, I will say I haven't gone to the emergency room once in like nice. a year or something. ER sucks. Um, you know, not fun. My stomach is feeling good. I'm, I'm eating. I, I like gained, you know, a decent amount of weight. Um, and I was, you know, so it, it's, it's left me, you know, feeling hopeful. Um, another, another, so, you know what, let me, let me jump in and say another therapy that I used, uh, that I forgot to mention was, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, weirdly enough, um, psychedelic, uh, therapy, not, and this would, this is less, for, less so for kind of specifically geared towards my stomach, but it was, it was more, um, kind of an overall mental health thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's actually being used more and more um, psychedelics. Uh, what did you use? Sure. So I, my first experience was, uh, and by the way, this is you know with a, a guide, quote unquote, a shaman, as they say in the community, um, and it's under you know it's in a controlled setting. It's uh, you, you know uh, it's not you, you know fun, I guess if you might say. I'm not going out and partying by any means. Yeah. <laughs> so just disclaimer for anyone listening. Yeah. Uh, we are not saying that you should go and do psychedelics. Please consult your doctor. Everything you hear here on this podcast is entirely anecdotal. And with that out of the way, Gabe, please tell me about your experience. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first experience was with uh, MDMA, actually. And, you know, I had this, uh, you know, I was like, um, you know, I had experience in the past with what I thought was MDMA, but I don't actually think it was MDMA. I think it was probably cut with some other stuff and didn't make me feel good. And it, it just made me feel down and gross and all this kind of stuff but i so i was like you know what i am i just need help this is actually i just been in the hospital for a couple days for the stomach stuff i was feeling super depressed super down um because of the situation um sad um and just kind of hopeless almost and um you know i had a someone in my life that's very close to me it's very dear to me who's like really pushed me to do this in a sense like you need to do this this is going to help you immensely people have you know dealt with their traumas and their depression in this way and so i went um and i did uh, mdma with this guide uh shaman who's wonderful wonderful person um and basically this i just felt like all the trauma all the depression all the crap um boil to the surface and i had like a three four hour like shaking and crying kind of situation and um you know afterwards what kind of when i came out of it i, I felt so much better it was it was really crazy actually um i felt lighter i felt um lighter lighter is like the the overall word that i'd like to use uh, when describing kind of the the result um because i felt like just less burdened by all this internal trauma that you can't really access um if you're not you know it's hard it's tough to access these things um in regular therapy um 
you know, I probably should be going to therapy. I'm not in therapy, um, but you know, I've had therapists. It's been tough for me. It's it's a very human inter, a very human relationship. It's hard to find someone that you trust and you click with and you find insightful enough and things of that nature. And you know, it's it's just so it's 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 tough with the therapy thing. Um, so I yeah, so that was a a wonderful wonderful experience. Um, it, again, it wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. It was painful. Uh, it, it hurt. I mean, internally, emotionally, not not physically or anything. You know, I was also worried I was gonna get nauseous, right? <laughs> and I, I didn't. I, I was good. Um, I was just just sweating and 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 crying and shaking, and it kind of it just kind of all boiled to the surface. And um, again, I was with somebody who was really holding a safe space for me and a kind of a controlled environment with you know wonderful people. Um, so I, I I wouldn't definitely would would only wouldn't recommend you just go and do this because I don't think that if those people were there and if this person wasn't there for me in the way that it was set up that I would have I would have had the same result um that kind of you know that safe environment um that like cocoon of you know safety and that I'm able to be vulnerable in that sense was is is such an integral part of this therapy in my opinion the way they approach things they approach this therapy um and so I did that a couple times um I did it a few times actually um and once uh, recently, actually, I did a, a little bit of uh, what they call ayahuasca, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a root uh, they find in South America. Um, and what was your ayahuasca experience like? Yeah, so that was also beautiful. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't do the traditional tea. It was actually with a, a chocolate, a special made chocolate. Okay. Don't don't ask me how. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone's someone's you know. There's a whole world out there apparently of of people, um, you know, administering these things in various ways. And this was uh, I took a, a bit of a chocolate. And it was also mis- mixed with psilocybin as well. Oh, those are yeah. magic mushrooms for those yeah, people. Yeah, so you had yeah. mushrooms and ayahuasca at the same it time. It was a little bit of a mix. Correct. You got it. Okay. Um, they actually call it maha. Um, yeah, um, I believe it's called maha. And uh, that was my first experience with uh, those those psychedelics um you know i was worried it was going to be a whole thing um and it wasn't it was very gentle um very calming um very grounding i didn't feel like stoned or high or like you know like party none of that um you know i saw i had some visuals um no question um but it wasn't crazy and honestly it was like hour number five or six where like I really started feeling having thoughts of you know kind of insights I guess in a sense um and they weren't again I just want to emphasize how not intense it was um because I was concerned about that and maybe maybe it was because it was in a chocolate and not a tea and you know potentially the the amount but um well I think as far as I can tell with ayahuasca it it really it almost it's like it almost like has a mind of its own it like it adjusts to your body to everybody's brain and everybody's body in its own way and it's I know it's kind of a weird thing to say um but people will attest to that um they mm-hmm. will attest to it and I had a beautiful experience um I you know just felt very open and uh, thinking about things that I hadn't thought about um, internally and, you know, felt comfortable, you know, went to like my parents' room because I did this here at their house. I, I live right. with them um, moving out soon, which is great. Um, but I was, I was at their house with this guide and I, you know, it was like two in the morning and I went to their room and we had this very kind of grounding um not weird, uh, very straightforward, very wonderful 
lovely conversation about my crap, my trauma, how I've been, how appreciative I am of them, you know, how I know it's been tough, you know, essentially conversations that I couldn't really, I don't think I'd be able to have it in that way. Um, I, I think the more and more I do it, the more I've, I've only done it once, but the more and more you practice this, practice this level of vulnerability, the easier it will get, right? I just kind of open the door for it. I can absolutely attest to that, uh, yeah. not to the ayahuasca, but to yeah. the, the opening up and the more you practice this vulnerability yeah. and really it's like a, you're candid, you're honest. There's no BS. It's just like, look, I friggin' so appreciate you. I totally, yeah. And how was that? Like, did they know you were doing ayahuasca? And like, they did. Yeah. They did. Okay. So, so yeah. So, um, my mother is actually the one who kind of started doing it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we kind of figured it out. And she's actually very open with it. She's a, she's a psychotherapist. Um, and she's gotcha. a big proponent of it at this point. Um, and it's helped her deal with her own trauma immensely. Um, and so she kind of brought me into this world. Um, and because she was just like, oh, this is going to help you. And I was a little, you know, resistant to it. Cause I was like, oh, what am I going to take mushrooms? Like I did that when I was 16. Like, That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I didn't, you know, like, um, but it's, it's been, it's, it's been really, really, really helpful. And so, yeah, they knew, and I went up to, to their room and, uh, we had a beautiful conversation and that, you know, and I've, it's, it's been only positive since then really i mean you know obviously we had a one or two you know various arguments but i'm, I'm still their kid and that's still going to be the dynamic but i do feel a lot more comfortable around them and you know find that there's a lot of strength in being vulnerable if you can be vulnerable um a lot of strength in it a lot of a lot of power in in that level of vulnerability especially with your parents it's not an easy not an easy thing um you know, parents and, you know, uh, offspring dynamic, it can be, can be tough. Um, so, you know, I've, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a very positive experience for sure. Good. Yeah. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. And that, um, that advice or what you just said is, I just so resonate with that. It's, yeah. there's a lot of strength invulnerability when you realize that you know this is true strength holding up those incredibly hard shells and putting up all our barriers and shutting all the doors that while it feels secure it feels strong it's like this false sense of of strength and security right absolutely absolutely no question so gabe what has this done for your life and i i want to start wrapping up here sure um but if you had to like put it into this, just a nice little box, nice little package for us, what what has this entire journey done for you? Yeah, um, wow. I, I think it's, you know, cliche, clichéingly, that's not a word, but I'm making it one, um, <laughs> you know, made me who I am in a sense that I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm raw in a sense. Um, you know, than, more than other people, um, I like to kind of cut through, you know, the fluff. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, it's made me, you know, it's made me a person that's uh, just, you know, it's also made me very gracious, I would say, uh, give me a lot of a lot of gratitude for things. Um, you know, even though I've, I've 
have come from a good family and we were we were fine uh financially and uh you know my parents are lovely people um i it's made me very very gracious for my parents for my situation for my body for my health mm-hmm. um i'm just very grateful um for all those things and that i think that's a very powerful thing is being being grateful yeah 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 it's I, people who are listening to this, I, I just closed my eyes and said, yeah. Are, would you say that you're grateful for the struggle that you've had? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it is what it is. It, I, you know, this is the way that it's, things have unfolded in my life, right? So there's no other way to be, um, yeah. you know, and there's no question that uh, trauma uh, you know, and, and can make somebody dig deep, um, and, you know, grow up fast in a sense, emotionally, um, there's no question. And so, and I, you know, I do think that, uh, I, I, I connect well with people who have had to duck deep, um, who've had to, you know, look in the mirror or, you know, you know, have to take a step back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, there's definitely something to, being grateful for, you know, needing, having, you know, needing to, to do that, to, to take a step back and to dig deep and, and to, you know, reflect and, you know, um, not be distracted by, I don't, you know, I, you know, again, clichéingly, again, not a word, I'm making it one, um, you know, superficial things, I guess, in the world and ego and, you know, um, you know, arrogance or whatever, you know, whatever, maybe whatever things that I, I look at uh, as fluff, I personally, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's made me that in a sense. I don't know if my life had gone a different way, if I had just, this would have taken me longer or, you know, whatever, um, or, you know, who knows? Um, but, you know, here we are. Uh, and, you know, yeah. So, so it's made you attentive to the important things. Is that right? I, I would, uh, yeah, that's a good summary. Sure. Absolutely. I, I, it's, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Last question I have for you is what advice would you give to someone who finds themselves struggling with their own process, not necessarily celiac, but they find themselves in this, in a struggle, they're climbing their mountain. What, what advice would you give to someone? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's really important to, I think it's important. One is sometimes I tell these to my the patients at, at the hospital. Um, you know, I think accepting acceptance is is a big part of of healing. Um, I think that a lot of the times uh, you're you're fighting uh, this this uphill battle and and it's it's going to be really tough. Um, but I think a little you know for, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, it's going to take a lot of self reflection, self examining, um, identifying what's going on. Um, and also accepting that, you know, you're maybe you might be in a little bit of pain for a little bit. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Um, but you know, just it's, you, you have to hold on to the strength and it's going to be okay. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, it's just a matter of getting there and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's, 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 it's gonna, it's a process and I'm, I'm still, it's, it's a lifelong process for everybody. Right. But for people who are dealing with, you know, any kind of chronic thing that's constantly, you know, they're constantly battling, um, that's going to be an even 
more a bigger process, you know, a more intense process. Um, but know that it is a process. It is a journey, um, and it's a it's a bigger picture thing, right? You're gonna have to look at the bigger picture, and you know. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of my advice. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Know. you. Absolutely. So, as always, I want to turn the attention to you as the listener. What are you going to do in your life? What is the challenge that you're currently experiencing? And you've just spent the last hour with us experiencing Gabe's story. And congratulations for doing that, for taking the time to, to fill your mind with things that are going to move you towards your goals. And now here comes the point where action is required. And what action are you going to take in your life to help move you towards your goals so that the you of tomorrow is better than the you of today? Totally, totally. Uh, you know, a big thing for me. So I, so big picture, I want to be a therapist, a social worker of sorts. Um, still figuring out the, the nuances of that. Uh, currently work at a, at a psychiatric hospital with adolescents. Um, and I've all, actually always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be a therapist. Um, but, it, you know, I've just had you know, issues, obviously, um, getting there. And I'm, I'm here and I'm not here. I'm not in social work school yet, but I'm applying to for an MSW uh, for next fall. And it's it feels good. It, things are coming to fruition. They're coming to the surface. They're coming to reality. Even, you know, I'm 30 at this point. Um, and I started, you know, undergrad when I was 25. Everything kind of started late for me, uh, you know, by society's, you know, whatever agenda. Um, but it's, you know, a big thing for me is, yeah, so just putting one foot in front of the other, uh, exercise is huge for me. Um, I mean, it could be bigger, but it's, 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 you know, it's something that's important to me. Um, constantly moving, uh, you know, you know, getting up in the morning as self-disciplined as I can be and, you know, doing my pull-ups, doing my squats, um, need to get more cardio in, don't, um, you know, sometimes trying to get some yoga and stretching, that kind of stuff, you know, keeping the body, um, you know, even when I wasn't feeling well, you know, exercise was still, it was still something that was really helpful for me. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, doing the best that I can, being as focused as I can in order to accomplish this dream of being, uh, you know, a successful therapist uh, and helping people uh, deal with the, you know, whatever struggles they're having, um, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Gabe, thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story with me, with, with all of our listeners. Um, it, absolute pleasure, absolute honor. Thanks for having me. All right, so next week, we'll be back with another episode, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Come join us live, be a part of our discussion, be a part of, uh, be a part of it. Thank you so much and Got it. see you then. Thanks everyone.